In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever to the ages of all ages, amen. Um, so today is the Sunday of the man born blind. Um, and uh, Jesus is saying something very, very beautiful to you and to me. Um, and I'm asking you, I know like... Uh, this is uh, maybe a self-evident request, but I'm asking you to take the, the words of the gospel today and I'm asking you to take the words of the sermon today. I'm asking you to take them personally. Take this as a word for you, uh, my beloved, my beloved brother and sister and uh, my beloved father and mother. This time um, of self-isolation, this time of being at home, has really brought out um, the best and the worst of uh, in, in a lot of us. And we discussed some of that last uh, last week and, and we gave some examples of how it has brought out some of the, the best of all of us. But I have to, say, I have to uh, tell you that, uh, that um, like it's also <laughs> brought out some of the worst um, in me um, uh, that I can see clearly with my own eyes and uh, my poor family that has to live with me has also seen uh, w with, their, with their own eyes as well. Um, and this is, I want to tell you, as painful as it is for me to say this to myself, I want to say, I want to tell you that this is a gift. This is a gift from God for us to look in and within ourselves. Jesus is the light of the world. He has come to shine light within us. He's come to shine light within me, to reveal to me my selfishness, to reveal to me my unkindness, to reveal to me my etc, etc, etc. You put in all of the words that are there to reveal to me how little I actually trust him and how little I actually have faith in him, to reveal to me how little I actually believe in eternal life and how much anxiety and fear and worry still dwell in my heart. I'm not saying these words, my beloved brothers and sisters, to shame you or to shame myself. I'm saying these words, my beloved, my beloved fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters, to tell you that God has given us this time as a gift. It's not a curse. Many times I find myself kind of in the mentality of waiting. I'm just kind of waiting for this time to pass and so we can kind of get back to our normal lives. Last night, uh, late at night, I'm sure a lot of you are wondering what we're gonna do for Holy Week. Late last night, I had to leave uh, Midnight Praises towards the very end to join a conference call with the priests uh, of the area, uh, you know, uh, so that we can uh, make a plan together of what all the churches in Toronto are gonna do regarding Holy Week. Uh, and, and something that came up several times during the conference call is, uh, you know, maybe we just have to let this, this tsunami blow over and we just kind of have to, you know, like duck down and, 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 um, and, and lay low and, until um, this passes. Um, y yes, I, I, I actually completely agree with that. But in the same vein, my beloved brothers and sisters, 
Let us not see this time as a curse that was put on us. Let us not see this time as, as something bad. The word curse, when it says that the, wor the world was cursed uh, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, that God cursed the ground, that thorns and thistles would come up. Do you think that this was something evil? That, do you think this was something wicked? Do you think that this was something, this is wickedness from God? God is evil. This is, these, when you hear words like that, God is evil, or this is wickedness from God, know with 100% certainty. Very few things in life do we know with 100% certainty. With 100% certainty, these are words straight out of the mouth of Satan himself. He is the opposer. He is the accuser. Evil is the absence of God. Hell is not the absence of God. Evil is evil is the absence of God. Evil is the absence of God. God cannot be evil. The word cursed means, go and look up the Greek word, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. Go use a Strong's Bible, use Blue Letter Bible. I've taught you all how to use these different tools if you need uh, help with this, text me, message somebody, they'll show you super easy. Go and look up what the word cursed means. When you look up the Hebrew word, it means, it means he has hedged. It means he has closed. Job uses, Job describes it when he says of himself that he is cursed. It means he has hedged me in. It means that I'm, I'm, I'm closed in from all sides. This is, this is exactly what is happening now. This is exactly what is happening now. I, we, are, we, are, we are hedged in from all sides. But I don't want to use the word cursed. I don't want to use the word cursed because it, we associate curse with, with wishing wickedness, wishing evil upon somebody. Habibi, my beloved, this is not, this is not the truth. God has given us this time of being hedged in, of being hedged in, of being closed in, of being fenced in for a reason, for a purpose. He's given us this time to prepare ourselves, to search in our hearts. I, I, I've seen, I have seen the best in many people in these days. Uh, but like I said, start opened with you, my beloved brothers and sisters, I've seen the worst in myself. That's a gift. It's a gift. Like the man born blind, God is opening my eyes. I want to ask you a question. How long was the man who was born blind, blind? Okay, unmute yourselves or put it in the chat box. Somebody answer the question for me. Look back in the text. I'm not going to give you the answer. It's actually a pretty easy question. If you look and read the text, go and read the gospel now. Look back and somebody answer me this question. How long was the man born blind, blind? Excellent answer, Gabby and family. Excellent answer. So when did his blindness begin? When he was born. When he was born, his blindness began. And when did his blindness end? Somebody tell me. Not a trick question. All you know, I hate trick questions. I hate kind of guess what I'm thinking questions. I like asking obvious questions. 
when Jesus healed him. Perfect answer, Vicky and James and Mary and Hanny and family. Excellent answer. Okay, now, a little bit of a, a, of a trickier question. Uh, uh, can you, whoever is running the, the, the screen for us, can you go to us, can you go for, to the conversation with the Pharisees and his parents? How long was that time from when he was born until when Jesus healed him? Verse 23. Go to verse 23. Huh, what does it say? Somebody read it for us. Yes. Leah and Max are telling us he was of age. What does he is of age mean? It means that he has was become had become a man. It means that this man who was born blind was at least 30 years old. He was at least 30. He had been blind for at least 30 years. Okay, forget the number of what, what is the number, right? What I'm trying to tell you is this man was blind for a long, long time. I'll ask you a question. Do you think in this time that this man never prayed from his heart and asked God to heal him? Do you think that this man never prayed sincerely a sincere prayer and asked God to heal him? Do you think that it is possible that this man heard Jesus saying, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be opened to you. And he asked with all his heart and he didn't receive. Do you think it is possible? I think it's highly possible. I think it's highly possible from the character of the man, which we're going to discuss a little further so that we can take him as a model and be and learn to be like him. We see that he was, he was a, a very believing person. He was very much willing to believe, very easy to believe. It was easy for him to believe in Jesus. Some people are very uh, skeptical or critical by nature. That's fine. I'm actually like that, so I'm not criticizing anyone who's like that, right? I like to ask questions and learn and seek, and I have to, I have to build up a good case so I can believe. This man was not like that. This man was very, it was very easy for him to believe. Do you think that he believed and asked God to heal him? Many, many, many verses in the Old Testament talk about healing. In Isaiah, it says that God hates sickness and he loves to heal his people. In uh, Second Chronicles, something that people are preaching about all this, all uh, uh, a lot now. In Second Chronicles seven, God promises. In Second Chronicles seven fourteen, He promises, "If I send a plague among my people, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin." and heal their land. Everybody and their neighbor is preaching about this heal their land these days. Rightly so. Do you think this man, do you think this man who was, was somewhere within earshot of the temple didn't know this verse? Do you think he didn't pray from all his heart? I think he did. But he was blind for more than 30 years. More than 30 years. 
And when the, 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 the miracle is not that Jesus opened his eyes. The miracle is that when Jesus came to him, he was still willing to believe. Two things I want us to focus on today. Two things I want to be really clear before our eyes today. After Jesus heals him, the Pharisees tell him, the, the Pharisees tell him, where is this man who healed you? Jesus says, uh, sorry, uh, the, the blind man says, I do not know. They said to him, where is he? And the man answers, he said, I do not know. Many of us, you and me, are seeking God, are earnestly seeking God. But this time that has been given to us right now has been given to us, my beloved brothers and sisters, as a gift. Not, not out of wickedness or evil from God. God wishes goodness towards us, peace, not evil. God is the antithesis of evil. And some of us are searching for Him. And people are asking, where is God? And we're saying, people are asking the question, where is God? And some of us are saying, I do not know. I do not know. But this time has been given to us, my beloved brothers and sisters. This time before our healing has been given to us, my beloved brothers and sisters, as a gift for God to open our spiritual eyes, to open our eyes to our lives, to open our, our eyes to what's going on inside my heart. <laughs> Mary, uh, my wife, read something online this year that was really, it was really funny and very convicting. It said that, you know, everybody's working from home and everybody has like meetings now on, you know, Zoom and other, you know, uh, uh, online meeting platforms. And uh, people are still late for their meetings. <laughs> like, I'm the prime example, right? So usually when people are late, they say, oh, it was the traffic. Oh, it was this. Oh, it was that. But now what's the excuse? Where is the excuse? <laughs> right? It shows that my, my lateness, you know, I'm like five minutes late to everything in life. You know, my lateness is not, is not the traffic and is not this and it's not that. It's behavioral. It's me. It's just how I do business. If you're okay with that, that's great. If you want to change it, now's the time. Now's the time, John. I'm telling myself, decide to be five minutes early. There's a beautiful verse that I really love at the, at the end of Romans, Romans 1.20, where uh, St. Paul says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood by what has been made, so that people are without excuse. My beloved brothers and sisters, now is the time to stare at myself in the mirror, to look at myself eye to eye, and to stop making excuses. 
oh, I go to church, I, I go to church late because of the girl, my the girls and this and that and so on. I'm telling you my my personal excuses. Oh, uh, uh, I uh, I can't pray because I'm so uh, busy and this and that and so on. Most of the people I'm speaking to to. They are their their deep despair. Their deep problem is they don't know what to do with their time. Now you know the number one excuse why I don't spend time with God is because I don't have time. I'm too busy. Now nobody is too busy. So what's the excuse? Where is the excuse? I'm not saying this to you only. I'm saying it to myself. Where is your excuse, John? You spend about. 12 minutes cumulatively all day long with God? Why? Why? What's, what's the excuse? Now is a time, it's a gift, my beloved brothers and sisters, where God is stripping me. He's stripping me naked of all of my excuses, of all of my this, of all of my that, so I can repent from all my heart and turn to Him. Why? Because he is coming, because he is coming to take away my blindness and he's coming to heal me. And when he comes, when he comes, he is going to ask me a very simple and straightforward question. He's going to ask me the ever most simple question that he is asking to this man born blind. Do you believe in the son of God? Many people are uh, very sad, myself included, that I haven't had communion now in how many days, in how many weeks. To my beloved brothers and sisters, I want to ask you a question. The last time you had Holy Communion, was the Holy Communion that you received the real body and blood of Christ, yes or no? If it, was, if it is and was the real, if it is the real body of Christ, of God, the creator of the universe, the one who is able to create eyeballs where there were none, is that body which you received on that day, that blood which you received on that day, is, it, is he still alive? Yes or no? Yes. So, my beloved brothers and sisters, the communion which you and I received the last time you were in church and you received Holy Communion, does it have a best before date? Does it expire? Does it go bad? Does it grow moldy? He is, it's, it is the source of incorruption. It is the source of immortality. You're going to say, why do we then have communion multiple times? That's another question for another day. My beloved brothers and sisters, do you believe in the Son of God? This is the question that, that Jesus will ask us. And when he asked it to the man born blind, he didn't know what to answer. He said, he answered back with the question, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And when Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you, what did he do? He threw himself down like Thomas after he put his fingers in the, in, the, in, the, in the print of the nails and in the side of Christ. He threw himself down before him and he believed. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. 
Now is the time, my beloved brothers and sisters. This is a gift. This time is a gift to prepare ourselves for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is He coming? Is, is the end of the world coming? Is this coming? Am I going to die of coronavirus? Or what? I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. But I know that Jesus is coming soon. In the, in the, in the liturgy, in the liturgical texts, I'll finish with this. I'll finish, I'll, 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 I'll finish with this. This and one other thing. In the liturgical texts, I've shared this with you before. If you read in the rubrics, the rubrics are like the comments telling us how to do the liturgy, telling the deacon, bring the censer now, do Misharif E, and so on. Uh, in the rubrics, it says, when we say the creed, we say the creed, we say the Father and the Son, and you know, He's coming again to judge the living and the dead. Yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the life giver, and so on. And then there's and then there's like a little rubric which says, and the people shout loudly. Look it up in Coptic Reader, you'll find it. And the people shout loudly. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. Amen. We turn and face the east when we pray. We turn and face the east that when we pray because we are looking towards the coming of the Son of Man. We're looking towards the return of Jesus. We're looking for Him. We're waiting for Him. We're yearning for Him. You, do you want Jesus' purpose statement? Jesus' purpose statement for coming to earth. This is the last thing I wish we will share today. Jesus' reason for coming. He says, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. The Pharisees got upset with him. And since then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? Are you like, uh, you know, passive aggressive, teasing us and telling us this man this nothing, good for nothing, who's been begging on the street. You came to make him see. And you came to make the people who say they see, to make them blind. The Pharisees are telling him, are you being passive aggressive with us? Jesus answers them and says to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. Let none of us let none of us, you or me, sit here and say, I see. I, I, I'm fine. I'm okay. I don't need nothing. I don't need to repent. Please, I beg you from all my heart. Don't, don't, don't be that person. Because Jesus tells us, therefore, your sin will remain. Don't look for righteousness and self-justification for justification in yourself. Let us all, let us all embrace the, the disgusting old man that St. Paul was describing to us in the Pauline today and embrace this, what we're seeing and finding in ourselves and evict him and, and, and throw him out because it doesn't belong. 
doesn't belong. You know that game, which of these does not belong, you know, right? And you have to compare the, the, the two pictures and see what's the, di what's the difference between them, you know, and see, oh, this one, this guy does not belong, right? Need to remove him. Let us look inside ourselves. Let us look at the image of Christ and look inside of ourselves and see which of these does not belong and repent from all of our hearts because Jesus is coming. He's coming, my beloved brothers and sisters. He loves you and He loves me. And He's coming with great love, with enormous love. He's coming in Holy Week. In Holy Week, He will pour the enormity of His love upon us and let us be ready to receive Him. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. I have sinned. Forgive me, my fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Please um, forgive me and absolve me.